All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. From WNYC, this is New Tech City, where digital gets personal. I'm Anoush Samarodi. One of my absolute favorite episodes this year, the one that really most changed my behavior, was the one about sleep and how technology has messed with sleep through the ages. This show really made me think, Huh, well, maybe the reason I haven't been sleeping well for a while is because I'm constantly looking at screens. And I'm going to tell you some of the changes that I made in a minute. But first, let's go way back to before we had electricity or gaslighting. Back then, we slept differently. Maybe you've heard the term before it's biphasic sleep. After toiling in the fields, we'd rest at sundown, seduced by the natural dark. Then, three or four hours later, we'd wake up. Maybe just lie there in the dark and chill out, or have a snuggle with someone, sing a song around the fire. Then it was back to bed, more sleep. This is natural sleep. But once we could turn on lamps in our homes, our streets, the days got longer. We didn't lie down with the sunset. We started staying up later. We started consolidating our sleep into what we do today, a six to eight hour stretch on a good night. And here comes the fascinating part. Not only did we used to sleep in segments, but being awake then felt different. Call it pre-tech consciousness. A psychiatrist and researcher at the National Institute of Mental Health named Thomas Ware proved this recently. It's really interesting how he did it. I did an experiment where I had healthy people go into a dark room for 14 hours every night for at least a month, in some cases for three months. Initially, Dr. Ware was trying to measure melatonin levels. That's that hormone in our bodies that regulates our daily biological clock. But I realized that actually no one had ever done an experiment like this. No one had ever really looked to see how humans respond to changes in day length. So I I thought I should really measure everything I could manage to measure, and that included sleep. And the sleep findings were actually some of the most surprising and interesting ones. Segmented sleep, the way people used to sleep before the gaslight invaded our homes, came back. In the dark, nature crept back in. They would typically lie awake for a couple of hours and then suddenly fall asleep, maybe sleep three, four, five hours and then wake up for an hour or two, and then go back to sleep, and sleep another three, four, or five hours, maybe for a total of eight and a half hours, 
So I tend to think of this as a kind of, let's say, natural human sleep or sort of default human sleep. Where watched and tracked and watched and tracked these regular people drifting off night after night in his special sleep box. And it almost seemed like they were reaching a higher state of mind. The people in the experiment where they were lying down at night and, you know, for 14 hours, they got a lot of rest. And one of the things that came out of this study was that when you lie down and rest, there's a hormone that starts being secreted at a much higher rate, which is called prolactin. And prolactin in other animals seems to induce kind of a quiescent meditative state, which I think is very conducive to sleep. So even when people were awake in the middle of the night, they were kind of in an altered state that's not very familiar to us moderns, that I think is perhaps akin to meditation. Maybe that's what people are seeking in meditation, is this what was once a natural altered state of mind. If Ware sounds a bit poetic on this, it's because his research really did uncover something profound. His findings make our daily life out to be some kind of sleep theft. Waking up to an alarm clock, indoor lighting that tricks our eyes into seeing a perpetual high noon, air conditioners and heaters that stave off the chill of evening and the baking heat of afternoon sunshine. All the cues our bodies look for about when to rest and when to wake— They're being intentionally muted by machines that we've built. So when Ware's research subjects entered the pure, pure dark, the first thing that happened was their bodies cashed in on a huge sleep debt. They paid back something like 17 hours of sleep on average. But it took three weeks to pay it back. When that happened, people would sometimes say they felt a kind of crystal clear consciousness when they were awake that was not familiar to them. And it it made me wonder if any of us knows what it's really like to be awake, fully awake, with our degree of sleep debt that we carry around. Waking up is different when you've truly, really truly, had enough sleep. When people would wake up in the middle of the night between these two periods of sleep, they would usually wake up from REM sleep. And REM sleep, to a certain extent, is associated with very vivid, emotional, narrative-type dreams. And so they would wake up from these dreams in a sort of altered meditative state and be awake for maybe an hour or two. And it sort of struck me that that would be very conducive to kind of assimilating information and feelings that occur in dreams. And ancient cultures paid a lot of attention to dreams, and it was kind of woven into life in general. That period of wakefulness in the middle of the night, we've closed it off by the way we sleep. And so, in a way, we've closed off a channel to dreaming and to the, the functions that dreaming might uh, serve in our lives. I mean, that's fascinating to me because if there's anything that you hear in today's sort of go, go, go culture, it's about we must be more creative. We must get more done. We must tap new ideas. And kind of what you're saying is here's a spot where you could get those new ideas, that creativity, where you could tap it. It doesn't cost any money. It's right there waiting for you. Yes, absolutely. Wow. I know when I was doing this experiment, when I would come home, I would not turn on the lights 
in the house. And I would just experience the natural dusk. And it's a very profound, tranquilizing thing to do. Just having bright lights on and then suddenly off is very different than this. There's something, like I say, sort of tranquilizing and sedating about the gradual fading of the light. We just don't experience that at all. And I think it's a very powerful stimulus that in former times would have caused people to kind of settle down, you know, kind of get sleepy and go to bed early, kind of living from sun to sun. Technology messed with our natural rhythms. But it's not like there's any way to go back, right? In a minute, the husband and wife team behind a tech solution that I use every night. We're back. This is New Tech City. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and we're talking about one of my all-time favorite subjects, sleep. I've told my kids that the pediatrician's rule is no screen time one hour before bed. It's kind of true. And I really try to stick to that rule as well. I, I really do. I sleep better when I don't look at screens an hour before bed. But there are just some nights when I can't do that. I need to check my email or put something on the calendar or whatever. So what to do? Well, meet Lorna Herf and her husband, Michael. Hello. <laughs> so Lorna and her husband, Michael, have made blue light a mission of theirs. So Lorna is an artist. Michael is the tech guy who founded that photo sharing site, Picasa. And they wanted to do something about the fact that blue light replicates daylight. It makes us feel like we're drinking coffee through our eyes. We calibrate screens to look um, like daylight. In fact, more like a cloudy day than, than even sunlight. So it turns out that that spectrum is where we see the most contrast in the widest range of colors. And as a side effect, actually, it's, it's the most alerting to our bodies. It tells, it tells our bodies it's daylight. And the problem with looking just like daytime is when you're using it at midnight, you're actually reprogramming your circadian rhythm to stay up later. Our bodies think it's daytime, and they stop making enough of that sleepy hormone, melatonin. So the Herfs figured out a solution. They changed the color of the light coming out of their digital devices. So it's kind of like that moment in a nice restaurant where they dim the lights, and everything feels warmer and everybody relaxes, and you would say if you were a photographer that the color temperature changed. They call their hack Flux, and at first, it required the user to type in specific codes to change the color of the screen's light based on the time of day. And um, we found that we were doing it the same way every night and in well, the we, we just kept changing it. And in the morning, you'd have to set it back again because you didn't want an orange screen in the morning. Lorna and Michael realized they could automate this and that by using Flux, they really were getting tired and going to bed earlier. You know, sometimes when you make a new thing, you, you just think certain thing about the world bugs me more than other people, and maybe I'm the only person in the world who cares about this. Right, right? nobody's going to want to turn their <laughs> screen orange at night, but whatever. So we, we put it online for a few friends, and right away we sort of said, you know, this might make you sleep better. So far, about 10 million people have downloaded the software from Flux, they say. From the science we've seen, 
the benefit is there to not seeing that blue light at night. You have people that are using their phones as their alarm clocks. You have people that check their phones all night long to make sure they didn't get a critical message from work or worse kids getting texts in the middle of the night. You know, every time you get that hit of light, it's like taking a sip of espresso. And um, we'd like to fix that for everybody. Okay, so what's the message here? Well, I think the message is that we can use technology to fight the effect it has on our sleep. You know, fight fire with fire. But even Lorna and Michael Herf admit that flux is not a cure-all. Even without blue light, checking, you know, a stressful work email right before you go to bed, it's going to raise your blood pressure and it's going to make it hard to nod off. Yeah, well, and you're nodding right now. I know you are. So the best thing to do, shut those devices off at least an hour before bed. Are you doing that? Do you have any other better tips for hacking your technology to get better sleep? Please tell us at newtechcity.org or on our Facebook page. People love this stuff, so come on, share your tactics. We all need better sleep. And send this show to someone you know who needs, like, a good rest. And listen, we are going to be announcing a really big project to help us rethink how we use technology, not just for sleep, but productivity. If you subscribe to New Tech City, you're going to hear about it first. And it's going to be really fun, and it's going to make you smarter for real. I cannot wait to tell you about it. Just a couple more weeks, and then you're going to you're gonna get all the details. So for now, thank you so much for listening. I'm wishing you the very best and a very good night's sleep. You've earned it. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this is New Tech City. Till next week. <laughs>